You're listening to the Creating a Brand podcast. I'm your host, Alex Sanfilippo. And today's episode is one that I'm really excited about for two reasons. Number one, we are interviewing a successful travel blogger. Her name is Angie Orth. She's actually been featured as a world travel expert by National Geographic, Southern Living, Glamour Magazine, and the New York Post, along with many other publications and different TV shows. She has absolutely crushed it in the world travel industry. And the other reason I'm really excited about this episode is Amy West is back. That's right, Amy West, my co-host. You might have heard her on episode one and episode two. She is actually going to be doing this interview. Angie Orth and her are very good friends, and she was willing to come on the podcast. Now, I'm really excited about this because they're going to be talking about knowing your worth, which is something that's a topic for many of us. It's just difficult. You know, when you first get into business, and people are like, well, how much do you charge for that service? You're like, I don't know. How much should I charge? And how much, like, what's right? What's fair? We don't know how to value ourselves. We don't understand our own worth. And they really decode that in this episode. And I love that because I think it's something that we all need to understand and to do. And not only that, Angie also talks about how we can increase our value and worth and what we can charge. And she's only seen the success that she has seen because she's been willing to charge for it. You don't become a world traveler based off of getting free product. At some point, she has to say, this is the dollar amount I need. This is what I'm worth. And she's really going to cover that in this episode for us today. This is a very insightful and motivating episode. So let's go ahead and jump into Amy's episode with Angie Orth. I'm joined today by Angie Orth, one of my dear friends. We go way back. She is the owner of Angie Away. And she is well known for her southern witty sass and for her adventures around the world. Angie, thank you for joining me today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. You have so much experience from the PR landscape to creating your own brand. I think there's a lot of interpretations as what branding means to people. Do you have an interpretation that you think branding means to you? I would say, you know, and coming from all the backgrounds, coming from the marketing side, coming from being a personal brand, I think it's just about distinguishing yourself. Like mm-hmm. if I had to pick a very, very, very short and not too marketing-y, you know, definition, yeah, it's about being different than everybody else, being different than competitors, being something compelling, mm-hmm. something that people can relate to, but just being different enough that you can be your own thing. Yeah. How do you stay confident in that? I think like a lot of people see stuff. There's a lot of comparison in the industry, especially in the creative industry. And you'll see someone who's really successful at something and maybe you haven't found your voice yet or fully identified what makes you special. And you think, well, if I follow their recipe, I'll be successful. How do brands not do that and instead find their own voice, like if they're not really sure what it is, like, do you think your life experiences led you to understanding what made you different? Because I don't know that a lot of people fully get what makes them different. They're just like, I'm just like a normal person. What makes me or what makes my brand stand out? How do you find that? Well, for me, it's the time that I got to put into it. And Mm -hmm. being one of the people who started sort of in the travel blogging industry early days, I had the benefit of figuring it out as I went along. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're starting a brand, it's like you better know exactly who you are, what you stand for, what you'll talk about, what you won't, yeah. like your color scheme, your editing technique. Like there's not a lot of room for figuring it out mm-hmm. anymore because 
now everyone quits their job and travels around the world. When I did it, my family was like, are you kidding me? You can't do that. You will die. And now, I mean, how many movies, how many books are there where this, you know, small town girl travels around the world, finds a love of her life, blah, blah, blah. That is not my story. Please do buy my memoir. That is not the story. It's coming Um, soon. Coming eventually. To be released. (laughs) TBA. Yeah, whenever I get around to writing it. But I think for me... The fact that I am the brand, that helps a lot. Because you are the only thing that There's can't no be other duper. Angie. Well, there are a few other Angie Orths, but they do <laughs> other things. There's nobody else that's me. So nobody else can be like the Southern, sassy, shark-loving, Jane Austen-obsessed. Like, I got a bunch of weird things that make me who I am, and I own those things, you mm-hmm. know? When there's any opportunity that, you know, comes up in the media world for Jane Austen or sharks or any of the things that I'm weirdly, you know, my weird quirky things that I'm known for, everybody sends it to me. Yeah. You know, they're just like, oh, yeah, that's Angie. Angie's the Jane Austen, uh, you know, send her to the tea party. That's me. And that's because that's who I am as a human being. I think if you're trying to be a brand... Yeah, I don't know, if you're trying to start an app or trying to start something that's already out there, it's very, very difficult to be different, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think probably in the fashion space, it's probably very difficult. But yeah, I mean, the time of doing it. And I think something that we've lost sight of, or I say we as the industry, as the influencers in general have lost sight of, is so many people who are successful started way before it was something you could even be successful at. Yes. Like, you couldn't make money. We did it for the love of telling stories and creating content and sharing our journey, Mm -hmm. which now, you know, folks get out of college and they're like, this is a career path. Yeah. And that's completely different. Like, starting out something you know, doing it as a job and you're starting it out on purpose that way. That's a very different vibe than like, you guys all went on a journey with me for a year and now it's a career. And so you're invested in the story because I was just telling you a story and now it's a career. So I don't know. I don't know how the ones who are starting today can do it. You really have to be extra, extra different and compelling. I think that there is really something to be said about what you mentioned, people who've just been in it for so long. It's a timing thing. Mm. And there takes courage to be a pioneer in an industry, but also it seems that, especially in the creative world, early adapters are usually the ones that are honored most. Yeah. So in the realm of travel, you know, there were always travel books. Mm -hmm. So bloggers and Instagrammers and YouTubers took it to the next level by innovating it with their, infusing their personality, their authentic experiences and their own creative eye into recreating something that everyone can relate to, which is that travel changes them. And so I think in that way, how do we help people identify where to be a pioneer at? How do we identify what's the next big thing? That's very tricky. Yeah. I think a lot of it is listening and absorbing a lot of marketing content. Mm. So I read like Ad Age, Ad Week, all that kind of stuff because I want to see what campaigns are out there mm. that are resonating with people. I'm like most millennials, it's very hard to advertise to me. And I think particularly because I was in that world for so long, I don't want to watch commercials. You know when you're being sold a mile away. Oh my gosh, yes. And I hate it. You know, I don't like salespeople. Like, I want to figure it all out myself and then show up at the car dealership and say, this is the one I want. Please do not give me any more information. Like, I have figured it out myself. And 
you know, knowing that I like, you know, when I do a blog post, that's what I want to do. I want to give people all the information they need. Here's a little story about, you know, how it went for me. Here's a lesson I learned so it doesn't happen to you, which is usually, you know, anytime you travel, there's a misadventure. And I'm like, yeah, be sure you don't get on the wrong train. That kind of thing. Watch out for this scam, whatever. But yeah, and then being like, here is everything you need to know, because I think my audience is mostly millennials, Mm -hmm. millennials, and then just women of any age. Because if you're wanting to travel by yourself, a lot of times that is still a scary thing, especially generationally. If you're, for the ladies who are like 55, 60 years old, you know, the kids are out of the house, they're like, I want to travel by myself. How do I even do that? And so for them to be able to turn around and say, that girl did it. Yes. So, hey, maybe I can do it too. And then you get all the practical tips. Speaking of that, you've been really brilliant as you've organically evolved through the years. And now you have your sisters, your business partner, and you guys are doing more stuff online together, your YouTube, and you talk in there. You really reach both audiences. So as you've grown and you've matured, you have different tastes and preferences, but you're also honoring that there's a new generation coming up that has different needs. So you've been able to marry both of those by having your sister involved. And it's really brilliant on YouTube, your format for your show, the Jet Sisters, right? Mm-hmm. Is that the name of, the, of your mm-hmm. show? Is that you talk about it from two different perspectives. Maybe someone who has a little more discretionary income and like older preferences and then someone who's like younger and on a budget. And so you've been able to be very savvy in reaching that audience. And I think it's so smart. Returning back to branding, what is your branding superpower? Do you have one? Do you have like a special key superpower you think you're really good at? I don't know if I have a superpower. And I don't know if it relates to branding, but I would say often I hear about my honesty (laughs) and I had a review at one of my PR agencies and my boss said, I have well-intentioned directness. Mm. So, and I think you know this, you know, if you ask me a question, I will just tell you the straight up truth. And sometimes it's not the nice, not that it's not nice, but you know, sometimes it's not what people want to hear. Right. But I do a lot of consulting and I do one-on-one blog coaching and folks are like, well, I want to write about this and I want to be the biggest blog on the internet and I'm like but you can't because no one is searching for that and Mm. here's how I know because I looked it up in key search and I know about SEO and if no one's searching for your keyword right then it doesn't matter how good you are at talking about that keyword and so I think one of the things I've been telling people lately is you kind of have to play the game yeah and you can hate the game but It is the game. You know, Google works the way it works, and there's not a lot of getting around that. And Instagram works the way it works, and there's not a lot of getting around that. The same things that sold, you know, in 80s TV commercials, they still sell today. You know, sex and bikinis and a lot of that kind of stuff. And so we can't just fuss, sit home and fuss about, well, you know, I can't be good on Instagram because I don't look good in a bikini. Find something else that you're good at and play the game in another way. Like, Mm. Instagram is its own thing, and it's always going to be its own thing. So you really, if you want to be successful on it, you're going to have to play by their rules. And it's the same thing for Google and SEO. You you can't, for so long, I was like, oh, content is king. And I believed that because that's what people were telling me at conferences. You know, you just have to write well and people will come. That is not true. Mm. That is not true at all. And it's not, you know, my blog could be, here's what I did today. No one is searching for what did Angie do today. Yeah. People are searching for 10 things to do in Jacksonville. Yeah. On Valentine's Day. You know, like how niche can you make it? 
that's what people are looking for. So you either play the game or you're not going to last very long. See, well-intentioned directness. Here yeah. it comes. just spilling out Oh, it's mouth. good. We need to hear this. And it's. I think it is really important to add value to your audience and mm-hmm. to answer those questions that they need. Absolutely. We're all busy. We have very limited time. Mm-hmm. So as a brand, trying to compete with the large amount of information that we are consuming on a daily basis. Yes. A, you have to stick out and be authentic and be trustworthy, right? Because we're so used to being sold. Mm. But B, you have to solve those problems and add that value in a really time-efficient way. Yes. (laughs) And it really didn't used to be like that. When I started, it really was, today I'm in Kenya, and this is what we did. And guess what? Nobody looks at those posts anymore. I have Mm. to go back and constantly update things for the SEO and the algorithms and all that today. Otherwise, no one's going to look at it because that's just not how the internet works. You know, you got to answer questions and there's definitely room for that personality, but you have to figure out where the personality fits in and how to continue playing the game and also being a personal brand. That's craftsmanship right there. Well, and that's, that's the 15 years of experience, you know? Yeah. That's knowing when to say the personal thing and when to say the business thing that's going to draw eyeballs mm. because of an algorithm. Like, who wants to think about that? Mm-hmm. I did not get started in this ever thinking, like, yeah. about keywords, and it never occurred it's to me. It's the not fun part of the business. It's like, yeah, you know, it's doctors, the part you don't see. Doctors probably go to medical school because they want to save lives, not because they want to deal with insurance, but they still Absolutely. have to play the game, too. Nobody wants to do paperwork, yeah. right? And we all have to do it no matter what. Yes. I was going to say, my mom always says I could tell someone to go to hell in a way where they would look forward to the trip. Like, that's always <laughs> been my PR superpower. That's great. So, and she's, she's not wrong. Like, you know, I try to be very tactful, but I'll always tell the truth. And so my yeah. blog coaching, you know, sometimes people don't want to hear it, but I'd rather somebody know the real deal instead of trying to sell them a bill of goods, which is like, oh my gosh, anyone can be a travel blogger and make a million dollars. Right. That is not true. Yeah. That is not true. Well, you're going to save people a lot of time by telling them the truth. The number of people creating brands is increasing more rapidly than ever before. Whether it's a personal brand, product, or service, more entrepreneurs are getting started today than any other time in history. Although these are exciting times, there is a problem. The problem is that most people don't know where to begin, and as a result, they end up wasting a lot of time and money on products and services that they just don't need. Wouldn't it be great to have a guide to help you save time and money instead of wasting it? Well, there is a solution for you. It's called the Creating a Brand Community. The Creating a Brand Community is your digital mastermind or tribe. It's a network full of entrepreneurs devoted to helping each other succeed. We all help each other by sharing our experiences, recommendations, and discoveries along the way. As we like to say it, our goal is community collaboration focused on helping your brand succeed. The Creating a Brand Community operates on our own social media platform. That's right, it's not another Facebook group. Our desktop site and mobile app feature online courses, focus groups, and topical discussion, along with live digital events and in-person events and exclusive content, all focused around the development and success of your brand. If this sounds like something you'd be interested in, please join at creatingabrand.com. It takes less than three minutes to get set up and become part of this community of successful entrepreneurs. When you join, please message me within the community, Alex Sanfilippo. I'd love to have a conversation with you and welcome you to our community. So in your 15 years of experience, you had to have experienced some foul-ups, some mistakes. So many. Any that you uh, care to mention? Any fun stories? 
like we talked about with SEO, I really didn't prioritize that for a long time. And that was foolish of me. You know, I was like, I'm a writer, I'm an artist, and I don't have to do SEO. Okay, well, you do. So, such a beautiful, pure, romantic. Yes, very romantic. And just like everyone will find my content magically, even though everyone else has to do SEO. No. <laughs> so, I really wish that I would have paid more attention to that earlier. I would say I looked up to the wrong people. In my early days, you know, people were older than me. They've been doing it for a year. Mm -hmm. And I just believed everything they said. And there was a lot of bad advice in there. And I think that just comes with a new industry Mm. where nobody knows what's going on. We do not have a user's manual. Right. There is not a degree for this. I mean, there may be a degree for influencing at (laughs) this point. Yeah. You know, but... I don't know, it happened so organically for us. And you just kind of were like, hey, how do you do this? And they're like, oh, I do this. And then you find out later, that's a terrible idea. And it messes up your whole, you know, back end of your site or whatever. So figuring those things out and probably just this is just me being an idealist. Like I give people the benefit of the doubt for Mm -hmm. way too long. You know, there are red flags. And then maybe like two years later, I'll put, you know, I'll end the thing. But It's taken me a while to get to the point where I can be like, you know what? This isn't working out for me, and I'm cutting it off now. I mean, that's taken a long, No more Mrs. Nice Guy standing up and being assertive. Right. Which is incredibly hard in the creative industry. Oh, my goodness. Because generally, talent, we get the short end of the stick a lot of times. Mm -hmm. You know, people want creatives to be creative and inspired and romantic. They don't want them to be smart and You don't want them to negotiate. And negotiate Mm -hmm. and to stand up. For their value, Mm -hmm. which is a great segue into my next question, because if anyone has followed Angie Orth for any amount of time, (laughs) you will discover very soon that you, Angie, are a major advocate for standing up for your value, because it's something you had to champion for yourself. But in doing so and being verbal about it, which a lot of people are afraid to do, you have championed it for us all. So what would your advice be? To those who are experiencing some of the same struggle of, man, I just can't get people to respect what I'm worth. And, man, I can't do this full time and Mm -hmm. still pay my electric bill. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the whole problem with being a creative, right? Mm -hmm. Like, we can either have nine to five jobs that are secure and don't fulfill us, or we can throw caution to the wind and go out there and see what happens. And I think that's what so much of us are doing. And... You know, sometimes you don't know where the next paycheck is coming from, and that's not fun, but that's part of being creative, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's part of being an artist and doing the thing that you want to do. And it's always been like that, right? I'm sure. The hungrier you are, the more hustle you have. Right. Or it does separate the wheat from the chaff, so to speak. It absolutely does. And who's going to have the stick with itness? Because the people who are starting to, you know, who want to be an influencer today and just getting started, they have no idea what goes into it. They have no idea. Just the grind and the hustle and how many things you have to do that aren't the dream that gets sold to you in the blogging courses, right? Mm -hmm. Like anybody can make six figures, you know, traveling the world for free. There is no free. There is no free. No. And even in my day, I paid my entire life savings to travel around the world for a year and I got some free experiences, but I still spent like Mm $25,000 or however much I spent on plane tickets and hotels and just all the stuff. And that was my dream and it was worth it. But I think a lot of folks don't know that you have to Mm self-finance and expect it. You know, don't quit your job and have no money and think you're going to make money blogging next week. No. No, Mm -hmm. that's not going to happen. That can happen. And it just breaks my heart to see, uh, like, 
you know, marketing agencies and whatever, they're kind of taking advantage of the newbie bloggers who don't know their value. And they're like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, here's a free lip gloss. Yeah. And now I want Instagram stories and I want three feed posts and I want whatever. And you're so excited because it feels like validation. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I am good at my job. I can take a good picture. You can. I mean, we were born with cameras in our hands, basically. Yeah. The generation coming up, they're digital natives. Anybody can take a good picture with a phone, right? So what is it? And I just see so many people being taken advantage of because they Mm -hmm. don't know how to negotiate because they're coming at this as if money's going to fall in their lap someday. And money did not fall in my lap. Like, I have never gotten a deal that I didn't work for. Yeah. You know, people don't just, I mean, people find me now and say, hey, let's work on a project. But it's not like, oh, you're not doing anything, right? Like, it's just not as easy, I think, as it looks. And it's not something that happens in six months or a year. Now, I think the timetable is probably, to start getting paid, is probably shorter than it used to be. Right. Because people have paved the way. Because the industry is standing on the shoulders of people who did it for free for so long, like Mm -hmm. me and some of the, so I have my OG travel blogger series now, where I'm interviewing people with 10 plus years as a blogger and seeing, you know, what they think of the evolution of the industry and that kind of thing. So yeah, the industry is standing on the shoulders. And the reason that someone can start being an influencer now and maybe get a paid campaign in six months or a year is because we all went without pay for so long and figured it out and started saying, hey, marketing company, you just asked me for $5,000 worth of content. You have to pay me for it. And I mean, they said no a lot. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We were told no a lot and still get told no. Yesterday, somebody reached out to me and wanted 10 high-res licensed images for unlimited use forever. You know how much you'd pay a photographer, a professional photographer for that? Mm -hmm. Money. Yeah. They wanted, gosh, what else do they want? They wanted like feed posts on Instagram. They wanted a blog post. And do you know what the compensation was? Two nights in a hotel that cost $200 a night. That you could just pay for. That I could just go stay in and, and not have ever time. have to do any work. Right. So and Just be like, here I'm on vacation. Yeah, sure. Ten years ago, mm-hmm. that was great. Because you know what you were getting from us? You were getting a blog post that was not SEO optimized because right. we didn't know about that. And you were getting like a post on Facebook, because that's the only social network there was, you know, or like a tweet. That's what you were getting back then. Now, Mm -hmm. now you're getting SEO optimized content that will live forever on a hosted site. I mean, depending on the- Link backs. Right. SEO companies are paying tons of money for link backs. You're getting link juice. You're getting professional photography from Mm -hmm. an arsenal of photography equipment. You're getting- on what six, seven social networks in all different ways that make That's sense for those networks. Yeah. Right. And then you're getting promotion for years to come as, you know, because I want my content mm-hmm. to live a long time and stay in the search engines. So Right. And they're just like, oh, yeah. So for $400 worth of room nights, that's yeah. not worth it to me. And professional content creators, people who've been doing this for so long, like we don't need that. Right. And so it's funny to see I mean, it separates the wheat from the chaff, have you said, but with PR agencies. I don't want to work with somebody who thinks that all that I do is worth $200. Right. Right? And I also can't pay an electric bill. I mean, I hate to say that, but I can't pay an electric bill with a free hotel stay. So and you've made this, this is a career. too, before, that those PR companies are getting paid a lot of money they get, right. to find you. As so. a publicist, I know how much money they yeah. make. So you want me to do all the work of the campaign and not get paid. That's crazy. Yeah. All and they did was find you. 
Right. And then you go do <laughs> and all you the work. you do all the work and they get all the money. Yeah, there's enough to go around. And so what do you do when that company says, oh, that's all we want to give you? And you're like, that's not what I'm worth. You, how do you respond to that? I usually respond nicely and say, okay, you know, here's my press kit. I mean, I have a whole Dropbox link full of press kits, case studies. This is what I've done for other brands that are similar to you, mm-hmm. you know, who have paid me. And I will say, my fee is this. Ninety percent of the time, they're like fees. <laughs> on principle, and appalled. I mean, I can't tell you how often I get like on principle, we don't pay for content, and I'm like, on principle, I can't work for free. Mm-hmm. It's very much the same principle. You know what yeah. I mean? So yeah, I would say I do a lot of gentle educating, and a lot of times it goes nowhere. But a lot of times it's the long game, and two years later. When they figure out how to work with influencers mm-hmm. and somebody else comes into the marketing team that's like, no, yeah, you pay people when you ask them to do something for you. Then, yeah, then two years later, back. then I'll get a phone call that's like, we have $5,000 for a campaign or whatever. Yeah. And it'll be the same thing. But you have to be patient because if you say yes to every free thing, you're no one's ever going to hire you for money. Yeah. Because they know you work for free. How does a, a brand, a person, how do you evaluate your value? Is it just what the market can bear? I mean, that's a big question. That's really tough. I have a trusted group of friends that we text. You know, if somebody gets an opportunity, it's like, Mm -hmm. what would you charge for this? That's great. That way we're all kind of sticking in a similar... And these are people who've been doing it a long time, mostly in the travel sphere. So we do that to kind of be like, oh, yeah. And then it's like, we all talk to each other. Mm -hmm. So we're keeping it kind of at the right level. But, you know, prices go up every year. Maybe not a lot, but, you know, prices do go up every year. And what we're doing is finding more ways to add value. So we now have the Jet Sisters series, mm-hmm. right? Video is a big thing. And I wasn't really able to do video on my own with the quality that I wanted. I don't really want to take just like a selfie video of myself walking around somewhere. That's never been my style. But now that we have a show and we have a format and there's two of us, it makes a lot more sense. So I can, you know, if somebody reaches out to me, a destination reaches out and they want to talk about me coming there and doing a campaign. I'm like, what about an episode? Yeah. Like, let's do an episode because you get all the stuff with the campaign, but then you get an episode, which is, you know, something a lot of people aren't offering. So we're just looking for other ways to, you know, and we sell our photos and we just find better ways to work together. It's not just, and it can't be anymore. It can't just be, I'm going to write a blog post. Mm -hmm. Well, so what? Anybody can do that. What else are you going to do? And like, why is your blog post special? You know, what are you demonstrating as far as SEO knowledge and how long it's going to last? And Mm -hmm. there's just a lot more you have to demonstrate now than you ever, ever have had to in the past because there's a million influencers. How do you stand out as the one who understands and provides value long term? It's a long game for the brands. It's got to be the long game for us too. And it speaks to the importance of also investing in yourself, which again returns on your evaluation of what you ask. Yes. So segueing into, you spoke about finding new ways to add value. You know, it's commonly known in the industry that social media changes rapidly Mm -hmm. and quickly. And I think a lot of brands, whether you be, you know, a product brand or a personal brand or an influencer, you get hitched on one method of marketing that seems successful. You put way too many, you know, apples in that basket, Mm -hmm. eggs in that basket. And then you're expecting that to be a long-term, you know, business methodology for you. However... Facebook has lost popularity. Tumblr went downhill. 
Snapchat lost mm-hmm. popularity when Instagram adapted, mm-hmm. and maybe one day Instagram won't be as popular either. How do you, as a creative, over the last 15 years, found a way to traverse the very rocky landscape of social media? How do you stay relevant? How do you pivot and organically change? Like, how do you identify those trends? I think it's always time to pivot. Always. Like if you're not thinking about next year and how you might be doing things differently next year and in two years and three years, then you're going to fall behind because this industry changes so fast. And that's Mm -hmm. one of my favorite things to talk about is how it was when I started. I'm like an old lady. I'm like, back in my day. (laughs) Elder millennial, right? (laughs) Right, right. Exactly. Olden days of MySpace. (laughs) Exactly. When I had a Zach Morris phone (laughs) and like back when we didn't text, you know, but you have to adapt as you go along and, you know, no sooner than I built up a Facebook audience, then no one really cared about Facebook as much anymore. And then it was Instagram. And someday that won't matter as much anymore. I dread anytime I see a new social network because I'm like, I just can't. Right. I cannot. Like, and, do I need to hop on it? Yeah. Can I afford not to? Do I want right. to be an early adapter? Right. This you one, always want to be, be the first one. a total waste of time. <laughs> well, and that's a really good point. Like Snapchat ended up being quite a waste of time. You know, I was basically duplicating content because it was so similar with Instagram stories and Snapchat. And Instagram stories is the one you could link to things and swipe up. Snapchat, I'm like, kids are on this. Right. And that's just yeah. not where my audience is. And I'm done. So eventually I just... I stopped with Snapchat, and I think that's the only network that I've really quit that I started, at least that I can remember. It sounds like you really, you're so honed into your audience. I think a lot of just being in it, trial and error, the more you do it and you're in it, the more you can instinctively and intuitively know, ah, my audience is going to be into this, my audience is not going to be into this, maybe I'll find a new audience in this. And you so much trial and error. You start to learn how to hone that in. So I would say the answer there would be, do a lot of stuff so that you can figure that out. Don't expect to just know or have like a gut instinct after not having any experience in it. You won't just know where your audience is and you might have different audiences on different networks and your content will be reflected or should reflect that. Mm -hmm. So like Facebook, I do very different content on Facebook than I do. an older crowd. Yeah, exactly. And give a lot more tips and even, I mean, Facebook, people just like funny stuff. So I like to share a lot of funny stuff there. Instagram, it's just about the picture, mm-hmm. right? It's about like a pretty picture that people are going to look at. I put a lot of work into my captions. I don't know that everybody appreciates the amount of work I put into them, but I do yeah. because it's not just about just about the pretty picture. I want it to be about the story and the travel and the experience and the connection with the people of the destination. Like that stuff all is very important to me. But at the end of the day, what is going to keep you in the algorithm? And you have to think about that, too. There's a lot of things to think about. And I think that's the artist's dilemma, right? Like, that's the creative's dilemma. And it's always been, like, how do you not sell out? How do you not Mm -hmm. be what everybody else is? How do you be a true artist and then, you know, get fans? Because I just think that's every artist's issue. Yeah. Right? Like, what if your stuff is just kind of like off the wall? How do you get fans? You have to balance that being inspired and creating content you love, but also content that people want to receive. Right. It can't just be about what you like. Yeah. It has to be about what your audience wants to see. You know, you could have a really beautiful kitchen, so to speak, Mm -hmm. but if it's not the colors and the palette that's popular right now, maybe only 10% of the audience is going to be interested in it. And the same goes for travel content or any other type of brand or content you're putting out there is that it has to be a mixture of innovation and creativity Mm -hmm. and inspiration, but also 
what people want. You well, have to know your audience. And that's one of the reasons that I have multiple Instagram accounts and multiple brands because Angie Away is travel. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't make it be home design and Airbnb, my Airbnb that I'm decorating. So that's why I have Angie at home. That's why I have the Jet Sisters because we're approaching different markets and reaching different audiences that makes sense it can't always just be angie away because i'm not traveling all the time and really the more niche you can get yes the audience really appreciates that because that that they're usually going to a content specifically for something it's the only way to survive anymore is Mm. to be niche you cannot start a travel blog that is just about your travel anymore yeah like and expect to be successful because there's 10 million you know, if I would have started my travel blog based on what some of the other ones were at the time, I would be like the 20-something nomadic brunette. <laughs> and then where would I be right. now when you're that I'm a home-owning, like... married, blonde, Yeah, <laughs> right? Like things change. And you did. You did a pivot when you got married. Mm-hmm. And that's when you brought out, you know, Angie at home, which was yep. so smart because you do have to adapt. I had to do the same thing, you know, realizing going from you know, wanting to be this like very savvy, luxurious Bond girl type traveler mm. to like, oh, I have kids and I'm always going to have kids. So right. I think my audience needs to be aware of that. And that's very authentic. And I should embrace that. Yeah. So as a fellow Hamilton lover, mm. segue into some of our last few questions. I love you recently posted the quote because I love it, too. There's a million things I haven't done, but just you wait. <laughs> it sounds like you do all the things, Angie. How do you balance all the things you're doing now with like all the things you haven't done, all the things you still want to do. Cause I know like me, you probably have a million ideas. You it's just have so hard. Them. It's so hard because I do have a zillion projects that I want to do. And I have to balance that with like paying for the mortgage, you know, yeah. like being a grown up and having a house and a husband and like this home life now that I didn't have when I was nomadic and traveling and didn't have, you know, the level of bills and that kind of thing. It's so different. And, you know, balance is not a real thing. I look for it and I try to find it. And the older I get, the more I have to focus on it because I just can't let stress. I'm not who I was in my 20s. I can't burn the midnight oil and what's the burn the candle at both ends. I can't really do that as much as I used to. So I have to take care of myself and self-care is a huge part of it. I have to actually factor in time to do the work and put it on the calendar as a thing, you know? We have a bunch of trips coming up, and I think to the point where we can't go anywhere else. Like, we can't put anything else on the calendar, or we won't have time to do the work right from the trips, you know? Yeah. like Because I think what a lot of people don't understand is when we go somewhere, say we go somewhere for four days, there's however many days before yep, of prepping. planning, wardrobe, you know, packing putting food in the house so my husband doesn't starve to death. Like, thing, you know, there's all mm-hmm. those kind of things you have to do before you leave. Then you're gone. You're out of pocket. You're not answering emails. You're not doing things in real time. Then you come home. You have to create all the content, which takes at least a week, depending on if there's video or whatever. Mm-hmm. takes at least a full working week for two people to create all that. And then even longer, you know, just depending on what it is. And then you're on to the next thing. And then you've missed all those emails. So you're trying to catch up. Like, it's a constant catch up. And so... Mostly I'm just putting out fires 
Honestly, there's not as much proactive. I love hearing that because I feel the same exact yeah. way. I'm like, what is the biggest fire today What's to put on out? Fire That's today? the priority. What's on fire today? And what will survive till tomorrow? There are so many things that I want to be working on much more, like SEO. You know, I really mm. want to turn my whole site back into, you know, because there's old posts that could be yeah. better. I really want to get those up and running. I really would like to finish my book so it could stop being the monkey on my back. I want to <laughs> write this thing. But that's never, you know, if there's not a deadline, chances mm-hmm. are I'm not going to do it because right. I have to do the things that are on deadline. We're opening an Airbnb. That has to get done. Yeah. You know, so I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm sitting at a coffee shop writing my book. That is my dream. Yeah. But somehow, and I am yeah. in control, right? I'm the boss. I should be in control of these things. And even still, like, there is no balance. I have not found it. And if I do, I'm going to sell it for a million dollars and a, bottle it. It's a dual universe between our dreams and our vision and a real life actual needs. And going to the grocery right. store. I don't oh, have yeah. time for that. The, I don't go to the, the grocery store. The eating is the hardest part. Creating. Yeah. That's very hard for me because I don't want to think about those things. Yeah. Like, that's, Same. I just want to get in the zone and do the work. And then I'm like, why am I shaking? And I'm like, oh, it's four <laughs> o'clock and I have not gotten up from my computer. And I love food. I'm not one of those people that's like, yeah. oh, I just forgot to eat. I just worked and then didn't eat. And now I'm having like a nervous breakdown because I haven't eaten. Right. Oh, so the bat, yeah. So there is, I don't have to achieve. If anybody does, I'm happy to take their notes, but that that will be on another podcast. And I would say specialist (laughs) in balancing. Exactly. That's what we need. I will listen to that. I would say saying yes to the things that you really want to do. It's very easy to take on projects just for the paycheck. Mm -hmm. And I've done that. Like sometimes you have to do that. You know, sometimes you have medical bills. Sometimes you, I mean, life is hard and sometimes you just have to get that money. But as much as it's within your power, taking on the things that you really believe in and mm-hmm. that you really care about and that you're happy to get paid for and happy to create content so for. So that you're still getting that fulfillment and yes. you don't battle with the overwhelm. And, it's very hard when yeah. you're an influencer and you take on a lot of things to make a paycheck and then you just owe a bunch of content to marketers that you're not excited about yep. because it's a product that you're just like, whatever, it's 50 bucks or it's 100 bucks and you just don't care that much, you know? Yeah. So I think that's really hard, but that's a quick way to burn out. Too. Yes, agreed. So if that's something that we have to fight all the time, too. Especially yes. if you're creating a brand, if you're creating a product, you're creating any kind of business, it's usually because you really care about it. Mm-hmm. And when you care about something really deeply, it's hard to put it down. Yes. And so it is so easy to get burnout. But the space to create comes somewhere between hustle and burnout. And yes. finding that space is delicate. So our last couple questions here, our last question for the podcast is, you know, when it comes to starting a business and a brand, it's very simple. For those who are new to the game, what advice do you have? Goodness, I could go on and on, but I know we're running out of time. So you have to be more different and more interesting. You need to know who your competition is Mm -hmm. and not that we're all competitive when we all hate each other, but you know, there's a lot of other travel bloggers in my space and I have to know what they're doing because I have to know why I'm different and I have to know why someone would come to Angie away. Like what would make them do that versus somebody else? Why is mine better? Why is my content funnier? Or, you know, I'm not the best photographer. So what are people coming for? If you don't know that, then you don't know what you're doing. And it's probably a hobby. If you're just slinging stuff up on the internet with no plan, then it's probably a hobby and hobbies Mm -hmm. are cool. But you know, there's that line. Yep. You got to be much more niche. We talked about that. I think general travel is a no. General fashion is a no. General beauty is a no. Like it has to be, 
you know, plus size fashion or I don't know what. I'm not in fashion. A but more direct angle. Tra- travel and coffee. Niche. Travel and skiing. Mm. Like, you've got to really dig travel and fashion. Like, figure out what it is and then do it. It cannot be general travel anymore. Google will not recognize you well if it's just like, I went here, I went there, I went here. Versus, like, I am an expert in Florida. Or mm-hmm. I am an expert in the Caribbean, you know, like that's cornerstone content. That's something that Google really cares about. So not to say that a post couldn't be popular outside of whatever, but general travel, if you haven't been doing it for a long time, that's probably not a way to do it. But everybody's got yeah. something special about them. Yeah. You know, everybody's got a personality. Find out what the thing is. Travel in sharks, travel in Jane Austen, like travel in movie pilgrimages, like do that kind of thing. And then and people will respond to I it. I think people will respond. And it might be a smaller audience. You're never going to get 700,000 page views with Travel and Jane Austen, but you're going to get the niche people. You yeah, know, you're going to get the people who really care about what you're talking about. So you'll have a much better audience. And I, I think, I mean, as we're talking about trends, I think that's where it's going. People caring more about the niche audience. Mm-hmm. As far as PR people who know what they're talking about and understand influencing and influencer marketing. Yeah, I think it's really boils down to being niche. That's terrific advice. I'm always learning from you. That's why I love hanging out with you all the time. As often as I can when you're not traveling in a way. <laughs> Angie, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. And I'll let's see do this soon. again. Yes, let's do it. <laughs> I absolutely love this episode. It's really cool getting to hear two powerhouse travelers just share their wisdom and what they've accomplished. Amy and Angie, they bounce off each other well. Amy, I'm extremely happy that you did this episode, not me, because I think it was a lot more valuable because of that. And I I just love this topic. We all need to understand our worth because it helps us, one, as basic humans, understanding who we are, valuing ourselves the right way just adds a sense of, of pride in our lives and a sense of purpose in our lives. But also, it's going to help us grow our brands because we know this is what we need to charge for it. It was really great information shared here. And, and actually, Angie went on a little bit longer about this. After they stopped recording the actual episode, they continued a separate recording and we're going to share that exclusively with the creating a brand community. Angie really talked about how to increase your value even more as an individual and as a brand. And it was really, really insightful. So if you're creating a brand community member, that'll be posted for you to be able to check out and comment on and talk about a little bit. And if you're not a member, I'm telling you, this is reason enough to join. It's really great content. Angie, thank you for the extra bonus that you're giving to our community. If you want to learn more about Angie Orth, you can go to angieaway.com. And for show notes from today's episode, you can visit creatingabrandpodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening to another episode. I'll be back with you all next week.